Hey Trinity Life, uh, we are in our Light Night series, a series on what it means to uh, live for the kingdom of light and, and what it means in terms of spiritual warfare and how that puts us into this battle. And uh, today we're talking about the breastplate of righteousness as uh, you heard them talk about earlier. And what a key piece in the armor of God, right? How it protects how it protects everything and how 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 big it is for us and and what's so beautiful about this is um, is where our righteousness comes from and what our righteousness is and that's what we're going to talk about today as we talk about this piece of the armor of God and and so this passage we're in in Romans eight isn't going to talk necessarily about that piece of armor. We're going to talk about it in the context of this passage because this is a beautiful passage, one of my most favorite in all of Scripture uh, that talks about what it means for us to live in life with the Spirit of God, in the life of the Spirit of God, and what that means to our flesh, what that means in uh, this spiritual war that we're in. And so remember, there's three words that we've been talking about through this entire series. Hopefully by now, you can say them, you remember them. They are awareness, that goes with your identity in Christ, abundance, and that pairs with your destiny in Christ, and authority, and that pairs with your influence as we influence this city and this world. So awareness, abundance, and authority. And so beginning here in chapter 8 and verses 1 and 2, he says here, and most of you guys may may be familiar with this verse, says, or some of you guys, says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Man, what a beautiful, amazing, magnificent truth that we were once condemned and now that we're in Christ Jesus, there's no more condemnation. You do not have to live like that anymore. You do not live condemned. The Father isn't just waiting for you to mess up so that he can condemn you again. If you're in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so be aware of your position in Christ. Right? This, this little guy here, this warrior, uh, he has every piece of the armor of God on him because he's aware of his identity in Christ. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt, belt of truth, shield of faith, shoes, shoes of the gospel of peace, right? sword of the spirit. Every part of the armor is here. And so verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free, free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Guys, so many of us as Christians, we're not living free. We're still living in bondage. It's like he cut those bonds off of us and then we're trying to tie them back onto us. He says, you don't have to carry that weight around anymore, but we still carry it with us. He says, no, you are free in Christ Jesus. You have moved from sin and death to life and freedom. In the Spirit of God, He set you free from the law of sin and death. The law, that that word is going to come up later, from the law of sin and death. And here's here's where, so that's, that's awareness. Now let's go into abundance. Because the question is that we is where does the breastplate of righteousness come from? Whose righteousness is it? Religion will tell you that it's 
your righteousness. But check this out in verse 3. He says, For God has done what the law, what us doing things and saying, do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. And so when I say a lot of us, or some of us, are living impotent lives, trying to say, yeah, I believe in Jesus, and trying to do the Jesus thing, where a lot of us are still really trying to do the law thing, the religious thing. And, and so when I say we're picking back up our bonds, when, when we're trying to carry that weight around, we're still kind of caught in the religiosity of things. And he says here, the law weakened by the flesh couldn't do it. So, by sending his own son, so God, by sending his own son, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Remember, that's, that's what I talked about. Uh, that's what I talked about before, a couple weeks ago. There's something in our flesh, right, that, that we're battling. It's this thing that we cannot see, this sin. So he says, he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, what do they do? They set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, what do they do? They set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Guys, if you've been a Christian for a while, that may just seem like old hat to you. You've heard that before. But you now have the ability to set your mind on the things of the Spirit, to think like God does. You know, I've said this before, but people often quote, oh, the, the Isaiah passage, oh, God's ways are not my ways and, and God's thoughts are not my thoughts. Well, that's before the new covenant. Now you have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling inside you. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, you have the mind of Christ. And so actually, God's ways can be your ways. God's thoughts can be your thoughts. Now, God's ways and God's thoughts can't be your thoughts if you are setting your mind on things of the flesh. But if you have the Spirit of God, they can be. And so we can walk forward in that. And so he says here, verse 6, For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and is peace. So where does the breast, breastplate of righteousness come from? Does it come from going to church? Does it come from saying this many prayers a day? Does it come from spending this much time in your Bible? Does it come from giving money? Does it come from telling others about Jesus? No. Your righteousness, this breastplate of righteousness, doesn't come from any of those things. 
In, in Galatians 2 and Galatians chapter 3, Paul says, if our righteousness came from doing things, from working our way to God, from the law, if it came from those things, then Christ died for nothing. What did he die for if our faith is, oh, I earn righteousness by going to church, by giving money, by telling other people about Jesus, by living a good life, by being kind. But no, guys, we are those things because we're righteous. We don't do those things to gain righteousness. Your righteousness comes from Christ Jesus. It's his righteousness given to you. It's imputed to you. And so this breastplate of righteousness, he has crafted, he has made. We didn't do anything to make that. We didn't forge it. We didn't, we didn't mine the iron. We didn't heat it up and mold it. We just pick it up and put it on because he's already accomplished it for us. It's Christ's righteousness. It's his righteousness that we put on. And so these things that you do as a follower of Jesus, they're not there to earn any favor with God. Before Jesus does any power ministry, before he does anything in ministry, before he does, does any miracles, before he does any healings, God says to him, this is my son, in whom I'm well pleased. And so stop working for your salvation. Stop working for uh, favor. You have God's favor. You work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now you do those things because you have the breastplate of righteousness on. You work, you, you, you work out your righteousness that has been given to you. And if you're going to be in this war, if you're going to stand firm, it has to be from your position in Christ. And it has to be out of a thriving, abundant relationship with the Lord. So again, awareness and abundance. Are you, if you're going to be in this war, you have to know who you are in Christ and your relationship has to be growing. It has to be intimate. It has to be leading to maturity. You need to be walking in step with the spirit, as Paul says. And you might say, well, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really want to be in this war. Here's the thing. If you have chosen to follow Jesus, you don't have a choice. Even if you haven't chosen to follow Jesus, you don't have a choice. We were all born into a war zone. We're all born into it. So you're either winning or you're losing. Or you're on the sidelines, which means you're losing. You're either winning the battle, you're losing the battle, or you've chosen to just sit it out, be neutral, which means you're losing. You know, Matthew 7, in Matthew 7, this comes at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. 
Because this is... What I mean here is... We can't be inactive soldiers in the battle for the world. We're just letting the enemy take ground if we do that. In Matthew 7, there's this passage where where people say to Jesus, did we not prophesy? Did we not cast out demons? Did we not do mighty works in your name? Did we not prophesy in your name, Jesus? Did we not cast out demons in your name, Jesus? Did we not do mighty works in your name, Jesus? And Jesus responds to them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Not workers of righteousness, workers of lawlessness. That's harsh, guys. And how many of you are prophesying, casting out demons, and doing mighty works? I think if we were to substitute this for our day, we would have people saying, did we not go to church in your name, Jesus? Did we not give money in your name, Jesus? Did I not read my Bible sometimes, Jesus? Did I not do that in your name? And I fear that Jesus is going to say to you one day, I never knew you. You weren't in relationship with me. I tried to get to know you and you said no. You wanted to put all your faith and trust in going to church. You want to put everything in in doing that thing and being religious in your religiosity. And you didn't actually let me into your heart. You didn't actually, actually share life with me. You weren't a worker of righteousness. You're a worker of lawlessness. And the law could not do for you what I could do for you. And you just didn't want it. And you thought being an inactive soldier was enough. Going and consuming. When I was calling you to make disciples. When I was calling you to the abundant life. When I was calling you to follow me. When I was calling you to imitate me. When I was calling you to get up, to stand, and to walk. You're content with your paralysis. Guys, I don't want that for you. We don't want that for you as a church, which is why we've changed everything as a church, so that you don't get there one day and we're at fault because we didn't tell you you're supposed to be an active soldier in this war because we didn't model for you how to do that because we didn't say, come follow me as I, come, as I follow Jesus. 
And so R3 is all about that. It's all about saying, no, you are supposed to be making disciples. You get to do that. You can be an imitator of God. People can see you and say, I want that. I want light. I want love. I want unity. I want peace. I want joy. I want goodness. I want kindness. I want all those things. I want forgiveness. I want righteousness. And you get to show people that. But in order to do that, you gotta get off the sidelines or else you're in the losing part. We gotta get up and we gotta go together. When you lose sight of God and you put power in the thing rather than in God, it makes you think that you are the, the righteous one that you are earning righteousness in and of yourself. Or you think the, the, the thing or the action makes you righteous. So if I read my Bible, well, that makes me more righteous. Or if I have a devotional time, that makes me more righteous. If I go to church, that's going to make me more righteous. If I give money, that's going to make me more righteous. And guys, you have it backwards. If you're in Christ Jesus, if you're aware of your position in Christ, then you get to live in abundance in your destiny, in your righteousness, in his righteousness that has become yours. Right? You don't have to earn it. And so when we see these things, these practices even, as containing the power of God rather than conveying the power of God, they become idols. They become our gods. They become the thing that we feel like we have to placate or serve or, or worship because they're not loving us unconditionally like the real God is. They're saying, no, you got to do more. No, you got to do more. And guys, I fear we're doing more of the wrong thing. Again, you know, be clear on this like it was a couple weeks ago. It's not that reading your Bible is bad. It's not that being around the community is bad. All that. It's an order of operations. Those are outworkings of who we are in Christ. It's not a religion here. Your intimacy, your relationship with the Father is what's going to breed those things in your life, propagate those things in your life. Still, you might be sitting there thinking, well, I'm good in my faith. I'm living it out to its fullest. I may not be making disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples, but I'm doing the best I can. Are you? Can you really honestly say that? Because if making disciples, if you're going to make a disciple who then makes a disciple, who then makes a disciple, who then makes a disciple, then I'd say, okay, you're doing a great job. You're well on your way. I don't know many people who are doing that, though. You know, the Pharisees, who are also Jesus calls the hypocrites, they thought they were doing pretty good, too. They thought they were doing what they needed to do. They thought they had it all figured out. So much so that when the God they said they served, 
that God that said they loved appeared to them in the flesh right before their eyes, they didn't even recognize him. They had, they had it all. They had it all figured out. Over in Matthew 23, Jesus says the Pharisees and the hypocrites are people who preach, but don't practice. They have the nice words. They say good things, but they don't actually do those things. They don't walk. They just sit. They don't stand. They're not ready to move. They just sit. He says they don't preach, or he says they preach and they don't practice. They're inactive soldiers, he's saying. They're on the sidelines saying, yeah, you, you guys, you, you can do it. Yeah, go. Yeah, you guys are leading the church. You go do it. And I'm just going to sit here and sit on my Gatorade, cheer you on, and, you know, eat my popcorn. That's the Pharisees. They're not aware of the real war. Jesus says in Matthew 23, he says they shut the kingdom. So get this, guys. You have been given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. We get to loose things uh, in heaven, on earth. We get to bind things as well. You get to open the door to the kingdom of heaven for people. And he says to the Pharisees, he says, you actually shut the door in people's faces so that you don't go in and you prevent them from going in too. He says to them, you love to clean the outside of the cup. So you look great on the outside. But the inside is just filthy. He says, you're whitewashed tombs. You're so beautiful and grand on the outside, but inside, you're full of dead bones. There's no life. There's no life on the inside. Is that you? What is your righteousness? Where is your righteousness? Here's the big problem with Pharisees, guys, and hypocrites. They never know that they are one. And so you might be sitting there thinking, well, that's not me. But you can become so steeped in your religiosity. You can become so steeped in uh, uh, earning things and, and, and just so blinded by it that... You don't see what your actual state of faith is. You don't see where your life is. You don't see where your heart is. And so if you're acting like a Pharisee or a hypocrite, odds are you don't even know it. Odds are someone's even tried to tell you about it and you haven't liked it. And so if you're really trying to follow Jesus, we want to help you do that. If you're really trying to follow Jesus, we want to help you do that. And I'm assuming that if you're in a Pharisaical state, I'm assuming that you can still be open to what the Lord wants to do. And so let's just do some spiritual warfare right now because if the Lord 
um, wants to do something in your heart right now, and if you're a follower of Jesus, then you'll be open to that. If right now you're like, ooh, I don't, I don't know about this. I don't, I don't want something in my heart right now. I don't, I, don't, I don't need the Lord to do anything in me right now. There might be some pharisaical stuff going on in there. There may be some hypocrite uh, in, in your heart. But if you are really genuinely a follower of Jesus and you want to be more like Jesus today, let's do that together. I'm going to do this. You're going to do this. Our three leaders are going to do this. I want us all to open ourselves up to the work that the Lord wants to do in us. Because, like I said, if I'm a Pharisee and a hypocrite, if your three leader is a Pharisee hypocrite, if you are a Pharisee hypocrite, odds are you don't know. And odds are you're not going to like it when someone tells you. So, let's open ourselves up to the Lord telling us. Let's see what He has to say about it. And let's allow Him to speak to us on this. And so... I, we're, we're going to put some timer up there. I don't know how long it's going to be. We're going to put some, uh, or we'll, you know, maybe we won't put a timer up there. We'll just like take the screen down, put some, put some music on there. And I want you in silence to sit there and ask the Lord one question. I want you to say, God, Where have I tried to earn my breastplate of righteousness? And so you're asking him, where have I tried to earn my breastplate of righteousness? So that hopefully you see where that is so that you can change your heart in the other direction. And so let's just sit there. And, and if you hear nothing from the Lord, um, you're either not listening or you're doing great. <laughs> um, if you hear an affirmation from the Lord, yes, that's, that's even better, right? If you hear something from the Lord that says, yeah, you put too much in this, give that to the Lord in, the, in this moment. Just give that to him and allow him to speak and work in your heart. So let's just sit in silence and I'll close this out in prayer when, when we're done.
Lord Jesus, as a church, we rest in your righteousness and we seek your kingdom, God, and your righteousness. Thank you for, for giving that to us and imputing that to us on, on, on our behalf. And so may we rise up and walk in spirit and in truth and in love and in justice. Not because we're earning this righteousness, but because we're, we are living out of your righteousness, Lord Jesus. And so free us today to live in the life of the spirit. We ask in your name. Amen.